Well, it is an election year in many ways. We talked to Premier Scott Moe this morning, and we asked him right out, are you going to be sticking to that October 28th election date? That's his plan. He asked us to call if we heard anything different. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Of course, municipal elections are going to be happening as well uh, later this, this fall, and uh, so that'll be something to watch. And let's not forget... We've got a lot of things going on south of the border when it comes to elections. We are watching things unfold in U.S. politics as we speak. And I have to say, I'm not an expert when it comes to U.S. politics, but I'm certainly a spectator. I think we all watch as that unfolds, and sometimes it's larger than life what we watch. Recently, we watched the Iowa caucus result in a definitive win for Donald Trump. Number two and three were actually a distant two and three. Now they're headed towards the New Hampshire caucus, which is happening next week. Lots of speculation, of course, with the U.S. presidential election. And I wanted to check in with someone who follows this more closely and can help us give, you know, maybe a bit of a deeper understanding on where this is headed. I'm very happy to have our next guest. Dr. Wayne Petrosi is a professor emeritus in the Department of Politics and Public Administration at formerly known as Ryerson University, now Toronto Metropolitan University, and he joins us on the phone this morning. Dr. Petrosi, thanks so much for taking our call. Oh, you're more than welcome. So Donald Trump winning the Iowa caucus on on Monday night, is this a sign of what's to come with the GOP, do you think? I think, unfortunately, yes, that is the case. (laughs) I like how you put that, unfortunately. So we've got New Hampshire next, then Super Tuesday that's 16 states, I think, in that first week in uh, in March. What are the trends to watch for? And are there certain states or is there a certain point that will be kind of that definitive indicator of where this is headed? You know, I think ironically in this cycle and for the Republican nomination, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. I, I think that the Mr. Trump will win the nomination for the Republican candidate for president. And I think the thing to watch, actually, is what's happening outside the political arena, in the legal arena. Because there's politically, not, there isn't a candidate who's going to stop Mr. Trump. The Republican Party is his. And, and it, they show that definitively in the, in the Iowa caucus. So Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, who are the other two that are, I guess you could say, are still in the race. Although, as I mentioned, they were a distant second in that uh, recent decision there. What do they need to focus on? Do they have any hope of swinging the votes in these primaries? I think at this point, both made a single crucial error. They waited far too long to begin to go after Mr. Trump. They spent the first months of their candidacies courting his supporters in the mistaken belief that, if you like, they could out-Trump Trump. And... That just wasn't in the cards, and now they're trying desperately to separate themselves, to go after him, but not enough too late. Professor Emeritus in the Department of Politics and Public Administration and a member of the Yates School of Graduate Studies. We're talking today with Dr. Wayne Petrosi. Appreciate having you here. So help me understand... Dr. Petrosi, I've said this before. I'm a bit of a spectator when it comes to U.S. politics. I'm far from an expert. Donald Trump is facing numerous criminal and civil charges, allegations and proven ties to the Capitol attack and the insurrection. A week after the attack, the House of Representatives impeached Trump for 
incitement of insurrection, making him the only U.S. president to have been impeached twice. How is this guy still competitive? I, I think, you know, it, 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 you, you've, you've really hit the nail on the head. First, I think we're all going to be spectators because of the proximity of Canada to the United States. Do I think something that we haven't seen in, in a century? What we're watching and what Donald Trump represents is not, is, is in a sense the culmination of a process in American politics and in the Republican Party that has been unfolding for a half a century. Mr. Trump represents the the pivoting of the Republican Party that begins in the mid-1960s, sorry to bother you with history, with the candidacy of Barry Goldwater, that had the belief that the only way the Republican Party could remain competitive was by embracing the past represented by the Confederate, the Confederacy of the United States, and the embracing of white anxiety, white fear, and they made that pivot. And it's a pivot that, you know, Mr. Nixon won on the basis of that by appealing to so-called Southern Democrats, that Americans, who overwhelmingly white, who were fearful of civil rights, who were fearful of their place within society should the civil rights movement succeed. And it worked throughout the rest of the century. And the Republicans built this new constituency rooted in anxiety and fear. And when they lost the presidency, when they did, they simply doubled down. And Obama for them was being on death's door. Black man elected, and not a surprise, Trump is be able to play on that because guess what he comes up with? The birther stuff, the find people on both sides nonsense, a, a naked embrace of a rejection of the civil rights movement of the last 50 years, and an embrace of white fear, and they're going to replace us nonsense. Mm. And that's what we're sitting at. But to do that effectively, they had to undermine their legal and political system, which is what the court cases are really all about. You, we, we now are watching, you know, we always think of political systems as something you build and then you just enjoy it. It's, it's not a high-rise building that, what, that has a, fi- a finishing date. Democratic political systems are always in the process of being built. And what they rely on more than anything else is citizens' trust in the institutions and the values that that represents. His career has been a career of undermining that trust. Fear-mongering. You basically were, were talking about it's it's playing on people's fears. People are playing on their fears and undermining their trust in institutions. He's done more to undermine Americans' trust in their legal system than any other person that I can think of. Americans don't trust their, their legal system anymore. If you listen, his supporters say that the legal system is rigged, that the legal system is going after him, that it, it nothing could be trusted. 
And that has spread. You know, that was his line on the electoral system. Don't trust it. They're stealing your votes. They're they're packing ballot boxes with illegal votes. They're bringing dead people back to vote. They're letting illegal aliens and immigrants vote. Undermine, 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 so that the only thing people are left trusting is you. Dr. Wayne Petrosi, my guest this morning, Professor Emeritus, the Department of Politics and Public Administration at Toronto Metropolitan University. So how much of this, Dr. Petrosi, is, you know, I've seen breakdowns of the people that vote for Trump, and they'll even break it down by um, by race. They break it down by education level. How much of this is people liking the show of Donald Trump. When he won the Iowa caucus, he gets to the microphone and he goes, we're going to drill, baby, drill, drill, baby, drill. Like, he, you know, he's so, you know, kind of uncouth how he talks about things. Are, do people lean into that? Do, is there a section of the population that just want to see more of that? There is no question. Uh, a large, a large enough segment of the American population that has decided that the only thing you can trust is what you're seeing in front of you. You know, and it's partly this kind of cynicism that's rooted in, you know, social media where now you can find anything anywhere online and nothing is true because unless you believe it's true and something's only true if you feel it's true. He has tapped into that uh, in a way that, you know, we haven't seen uh, by authoritarians in this century. We got to go back a century if we really want to understand how he was able to tap into people's fears and resentments and their distrust of the institutions around them. And unfortunately, like I said, you, me, the rest of us Canadians, we're, we're spectators to this. Uh, I hope we're hoping uh, that it doesn't succeed. But, you know, democracy is not a sure thing. It's not a guaranteed thing. Once you get it, you don't get to keep it without working. And, you know, Americans have stopped working for it. I mean, mm-hmm. we now have, what, 30, 35 states in the last 24 months have passed legislation to make it harder to vote. Who would think such a thing? Mm-hmm. Who would think that, okay, a democracy is really about uh, trying to drive down the vote? So, Dr. Wayne Petrosi, who is my guest this morning, this is what's happening to us in this short interview this morning happens, I believe, in U.S. politics. We're spending a lot of time talking about Trump, the GOP. Who's riding with Biden is what I want to know. Joe Biden, he is running again. I actually had to go online to look who was challenging him, Marianne Williamson and Dean Phillips. Names that you're not hearing about. Clearly, Joe Biden is going to be the guy we're likely to see Trump-Biden on the ballots for the election this year. What do you see as the significant changes from 2020 to what we're going to see in 2024? Well, I suspect this time around, you will see a third-party movement of some sort. Uh, you, are, you are correct to point out the distaste that many Americans feel both towards Mr. Trump, for reasons we've been talking about, but also with Mr. Biden, who they see as as too old and out of touch. Uh, I would not be surprised and you'll see a third-party movement, and that could really make things, uh, as a spectator, it'll be, it'll be quite the thing to watch. 
Will it ever? What do you think some of the key items will be? Uh, Trump is already talking about building walls, closing borders. Immigration has been a big topic. Is this something we're seeing the Democrats shift a bit in their focus on? Oh, there's no question. They're going to have to shift. Uh, the issue around immigration, for example, and, and the border, uh, they, they will not be able to ignore. They are going to have to put in place uh, procedures, processes to slow down the inflow and to expedite the removal of people who have illegally entered the country. I have no doubt if they don't do that, they could find themselves on the wrong end of the election outcome in November. Dr. Wayne Petrosi, this has been a great chat. I feel like we could keep going on and on. My hope is throughout the year we can uh, visit more often and uh, get you to give us some, some insights as we watch this unfold. Looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking our call. That is Dr. Wayne Petrosi, Professor Emeritus with the Department of Politics and Public Administration and a member of the Yates School of Graduate Studies at the Toronto Metropolitan University, formerly known as Ryerson University. And a bit of an update on what we're seeing unfold south of the border as we get ready for another U.S. election. You're listening to The Evan Bray Show on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Just had a good chat with Dr. Wayne Petrosi, who weighed in on the U.S. political scene as we see it unfolding right now. Lots of people texting in on this, Terry from Buffalo Pound Lake. Trump is a master of creating, then manipulating chaos. It's a good point. Murray also texted in, Dr. Wayne is interesting. He should also talk about how mainstream media in both countries undermine all conservative values or beliefs. Maybe a big reason that Trump gets some traction. People don't like being told what to eat, drive, believe, and think. Appreciate your text on that. You know, I threw out there to, to Dr. Petrosi. I said, like, how is this happening? Like, the the stuff that Trump goes through during the day, it's like every day he's in a courtroom, and then at night he's on the campaign trail. So just yesterday, this Manhattan civil trial is going on with writer E. Jean Carroll. She wrote for years, did a column in Elle magazine. She's accused him of sexual abuse. In fact, um, a jury found that he had sexually abused and defamed Carroll, awarded her $5 million in damages, although did say that Carroll hadn't proven that Trump had raped her. Now she's going after him for shattering her reputation. It's a civil trial. And of course, Trump can't help himself. He's sitting in the trial. It's going on. There's a jury there. And eventually... The judge, Louis A. Kaplan, said to the former president, you have the right to be in this trial, but I will revoke it if you remain disruptive. Because every time the lawyers are talking, he's pounding the desk and going, this is a witch hunt. It's a con job. Like he's throwing out all of these things. So at one point, the, the, the judge basically stopped the trial, turned to Mr. Trump and said, Mr. Trump, I hope I don't have to consider excluding you from the trial. I understand you're probably very eager for me to do that. And Trump responded and said, I would love it. (laughs) The judge said, I know you would. You just can't control yourself in these circumstances, apparently. And Trump says, you can't either. Like, sassing the judge right in the courtroom. Like, oh my. It's it's kind of, in a sad way, it's almost humorous to watch this unfold. The sad state is, you know, this is, well, it's exactly what we talked about with the doctor just moments ago. It's, uh, it's, there's a part of the population that eat this stuff up. 
I remember I was down in the States uh, back just after Trump won. It was actually 2017 down there for a course in Boston. And I was on the course with a lot of police officers from the States. They were not exactly loving Trump himself, Trump the person. But boy, they sure loved a lot of the policies, the things that he stood for. They felt like it was, you know, they were they were on board with someone who was coming in with kind of this, you know, focus on crime and law and order and and how do we keep our community safe and those types of things. So there was there was kind of support for the well the Republican Party amongst the group that I was in. But they all would throw out, I mean, Trump's a whack job, but at least he's getting the job done. Or he makes a lot of sense when he talks about this. You just have to ignore the social media stuff. So there's lots of support. Clearly, he's still winning, and we'll watch this continue unfold. And we'll, as I said, we'll, I'm sure we'll be checking in with the uh, Dr. Petrosi uh, again as this uh, continues to unfold south of the border. You're listening to The Evan Bray Show on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.